What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang. And that's you. For being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome back to Monday Night Rosky, where we kick the Mickey Ficky facts and we don't give a fox about your feelings. And you in here with the Bruce Wayne of this ish. The king of kings, the king of content, and the speaker of truth, yours truly. The Notorious One, a.k.a. Mr. Coachellini, better known as the Prognosticator, Coach Stradamus, and you be in the Desert Storm Bunker with none other than EWF. That is every woman's fantasy and also CGA. See God Allah, and I'll be the 10-time demonetized champion of YouTube. Man, something's going on with my stream software. It's a little glitchy, but I hope you guys are getting the playback just as nice. Anyway. We got a great show for you today. How the five love languages got monkey simps hemmed up in the dating in the marital marketplace. We're going to talk about that. We have a young lady that is, well, an older woman that's going to talk about how the five love languages ain't ish. And I actually did a video years ago that you cannot find on YouTube. But I did videos years ago on the five love languages and how the five love languages is for suckers. And mother pluckers in the building. We're going to talk about that. We do have Straggle and Sniggle Theater coming up. We have a woman that's 40 plus that is going to announce how women over 40 are cooked with hot fish grease. We got that coming up. And of course, of course, of course, that's how uh, that's how Kevin Samuels went down. Of course, people were talking about he was talking about them being leftover women uh, taken from the Chinese Cheng Yu. All right, Cheng Yu. Uh, and we're going to talk about that. So anyway, to contribute to today's show, dollar sign, the Notorious EJ on the Cash App, Bimmo, Coach Greg Adams TV, and PayPal, PayPal, dot me backslash Coach Greg Adams. And that is pinned to the top of the live chat on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel when you can super chat on the Notorious CG a channel. All right, man, my software is glitchy. It is a damn mess. All right, um, it is a damn mess. I don't know what's going on here. All right, I punched it up and... It's been glitching on me, so I'm looking funny on my playback. But as long as you guys aren't seeing it, you're seeing a constant stream. Hey, it's all, it, it is what it's going to be. It's going to be an adventure, though, when I try to share videos and all that stuff. So hang with me, bear with me on this one. And let's get to some earlier contributors to today's show. Shout out to John Ellison says, let me get my super chat in first. Did not tell you. All my Lions were legit back in August. Don't celebrate too early. Don't celebrate too early. But, hey, NFC Championship game, we'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. The Cowardly Lions. The Cowardly Lions. We'll give it to you. We'll see. All right, you should have waited until next week to have this Super Chat. Because if they go to the Super Bowl, you're going to be litty. How about this? Anastasia Boss says the thought the NWO got you. New, 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 new world order. He says late start tonight. Man, it was a mess. And then they didn't even want to start on the Notorious channel. I was like, what the hell be going on around here? It didn't even want to start the stream over there. But we got it going. And we ready to cook today. All right. You should see my. <laughs> I can't even find my mouse on my laptop. Yeah, man. Oh, they messing around with me today. They messing around with me today. Okay. Oh, look at this. Okay. What, what's going on over here on cash? Cash app. Nothing. 
<laughs> All right, there you go right there. And let me see if anybody has jumped in over here. It is pretty early in the evening. Y'all need just getting home, figuring out. Hold up for a second. Oh. All right. All right. We're back. All right. Y'all figuring out what y'all going to eat. If y'all going to eat Pringles for dinner. If you're going to drink beer, eat potato chips all day, and watch CG8. Y'all ninjas, I think this is the first Monday there's no Monday night football. Like, there's no playoff football. There's no college football. There's nothing. There's only Monday Night Raw wrestling. There's only Monday Night Raw wrestling. I think this is the first Monday since September where there is no sports on on Monday. Am I correct on that? I think I'm correct. All right, I think I'm correct for sure. So, I don't know what y'all ninjas going to do out here. All right. I'm an, I know what I'm going to do. It's barbecue in there. I'm going to hit some bar. I'm going to have some barbecue. I'm going to have some barbecue. All right. Without further ado, um, we're going to get into the show, and we're going to start with Straggle and Sniggle Theater. I'm going to press the button. Hopefully, it works. Let's go. Hey, ride with me if you ride with me. You can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the five sticky. Come get high with me. That's a deal, right? Straggle and Sniggle Theater is back. Do me a favor. Hit that like button. Hit that like button. And let me see if we can get this video share. Oh, yep, it is up there. Straggle and Sniggle Theater. We're going to start off on this woman. And let me see if I can get her name, if I can get my banner up here. No doom and gloom, CGA, but we got Straggle and Sniggle Theater. What do we got here? What do we got over here? Okay, here we go right here. We got Straggle and Sniggle Theater. We got a woman named Tig Old Biddies. Tig Old Biddies is going to show us what she's going to do with her Tig Old Biddies. You know, women got to monetize just about everything. And I'm thinking some saggy waggies are going to be involved. Let's go ahead and play the video right here. Uh, get it down. Say something I don't like, slap. Or somebody look at me away, I don't like, slap. Somebody breathe too hard around me, slap, slap. Like, if somebody say something I don't like, slap. Or somebody look at me away, I don't like, slap. Somebody breathe too hard around me, slap, slap. Like, <laughs> well, that's what I figured was going to happen. And the nasty boys check in already. Oh, that's nasty. That is nasty. And, uh, yes, when the lady's going to talk about 40-plus-year-old women uh, being cooked, this is one of the ways they get cooked. The saggy waggies are slapping stuff. I mean, what did you think of putting this video out? This is where the world's going, y'all. This is where we're going. And this is more doom and gloom right here. Show your best talent, man. What's your best asset? All right, how about throw your saggy waggies around and slap stuff off the, oh, boy, <laughs> your future wives or maybe your past wife. Maybe this is an ex-wife. I mean, I am definitely know she's had kids and them milkers was milking. Woo, them some soggy, saggy waggies. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. And this is what we're doing with ourselves, America. Yeah, America, ring the bell. Let me give you all some doom and gloom. Americans, man, we are going down to the lowest common denominator. All right, yeah. Well, how how talented? <laughs> how talented? <sighs> I try. I try. All right, Straggle with Sniggle Theater here. Uh, this is how it used to be out here. Let's hear it for the grandmas. Granny out here about the lady if the smack him down on a young straggle. All right, and so uh, young straggle's going to go out and uh, show her booty. Booty. And, young, and Granny said, uh-uh. Let's go ahead and play the video out here. They get a little older and get arthritis in their ass. They'll know how it feel where it come from because you ain't got no damn clothes on in the wintertime. 
Let her know. They wouldn't make no damn one of clothes. Oh. Because where is you going with your ass out? I'm going to you a party. You need to go put on a damn T-shirt under that. Uh-oh. I don't know why your mama let you leave out the damn house like that. No, I don't know neither. Your ass wouldn't leave up out of mine. You wouldn't be going to the party, though, so I wouldn't even be worried about it. Oh. She ain't going to the party. Because, honey, I put... Uh, Going where? Oh no, you ain't going, baby. You it's a birthday party. I wouldn't give a damn what kind of party it is. Uh oh. You wouldn't be going, and you definitely wouldn't be wearing that. Tell her, Granny. Tell her. You need some damn clothes on. It's Put some clothes. Like it's winter time. He took his eyes off too. <laughs> Tell her, Granny. Where your clothes she ain't letting that happen. How you gonna get to the party with half of your ass out? Ooh. Oh, God. Ooh. not even out? Oh, yes, your ass is out. Tell her. I wouldn't give a damn. Your ass still out. Ass out. Ass out. <laughs> you watching that girl? You like that? Mm. I'm telling your dad. Telling your daddy. Uh-oh, not the daddy. All right, and so she said, I'm going to tell your daddy out here. Yeah, All right, and uh, there you go right there, a young straggle. If this ain't growing up black, and still these straggles be having a booty out. Can't wait to get their booty out. And she does look like she might be an underage 21-year-old because she's wearing Jordans there. Uh, but normally the girls have to sneak out with the outfit inside the bag before they go out. They would be dressing. But now they just come out with their booty out. And granny trying to set these young girls straight so they don't end up pregnant in 13. And these girls don't want to listen here. And I'm going to tell you, I've been telling you this for a long time. Uh, it is women versus women out here. Uh, we're just kind of like innocent bystanders. I know people want to think and women want to think that it is the patriarchy that has held them down, but no, it's been other women and women have kept women in check for a long time. And even though it may seem that the daughter is rebelling against the father, she normally had to get past granny, Nana. She had to get past her mama and her mama over there like, you going to take your dress off? Well, grandma told her. Get your nappy-headed ass in there and put some lotion on your Vaseline on your legs and then put some pants on this cold with your booty out. You got your booty out? You going to be doing the booty up? Mm. All right, it's the women that held women in check. Oh, they get arthritis in their ass. <laughs> they don't know how it feel where it come yeah, from because you ain't got no damn clothes. Now, I got a who, who's the, who's the uh, child right here? Who's, whose baby is this? All right, because it really doesn't make sense that this is the, uh, it could be the mother of the daughter's baby, or it could be the daughter's baby, Keandre. It could be Keandre. Zone in the wintertime. Let her know. They wouldn't make no damn one of clothes if they so didn't Because the where is you going with your ass out? I'm going to the party. You need to go put on a damn T-shirt. Yeah, put a T-shirt on. Look at Nana. T-shirt under that. <laughs> oh, man. Nana letting her have it. All right, where these Nanas been at? These Nana's letting her have it. I'm looking for a video I was going to share later today, but I can't seem to find a damn thing. All right. I don't know what happened to the video. Maybe I accidentally uh, clicked it off, but I was wanting to show that video. I might have to go in my history, my history files to find it. Anyway, Strag, what's Nickel Presses on here? Uh, yeah, when you get a job as a mascot, it can be a little bit hard when you're there for the kids, but you see. You know, you see some of these mommies out here that's built just right, stacked. 
Here it is right here. Let's go ahead and show you. Not that he couldn't help himself. All right. He says future had bro forgetting he was at work. He like, Ooh. All, the humanity. all right. He want to get all on that mommy tail right there. And she nice. She nice. I'm going to tell you that right there. And she look, is that a sister or a Puerto Rican? I look at all that hair. She slapped the ninja. Hey, wait a minute. All, the humanity. all right. This brother out here. Yeah, that brother's starving. Yes, sir, brother. <laughs> All right, not with that unicorn. Uh, is that a unicorn costume? Look at him. He can't help himself. I can't help my... Oh, no, not tip it up. Oh, he tried to get in behind it. Oh, man, this ninja. Lord, have mercy. We must stay focused, brothers. We must. Yeah, focused. man, next time, man. Hey, man, tricks are for kids, ninja. Come on, you thirsty-ass ninja. She looking... <laughs> oh, man, slap the ninja. Oh, she bad, too. Okay. Damn, is she somebody mama, fam? That's somebody's mama. All right. Yeah, he was feeling himself. Look, he thinking bad thoughts. Yeah, that brother's starving. Yes, brother. <laughs> he thinking bad thoughts right here. He like, oh, damn. Oh, no, man. Lord, have mercy. We must stay focused, brothers. We must stay focused. Stay focused on your job, man. We don't want you brothers out here looking like that. You don't forgot who you was. And he looking at that thing just out here. Oh, man, he's like, yeah, that brother's starving. Yes, sir. He can't he can't know what to do with himself. He don't know what to do with himself. Oh, man, this ninja is just aggressive out here. Oh, don't do it. You going to jail. Oh. <laughs> you sniggles, man. Yeah, he tried to keep his job, but of course, he's going to have to talk to his parole officer now about how he couldn't keep a job down. Do me a favor, hit that like button in here. Let me see what we got coming up. We have uh, we have this update. I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, shout out to the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, apparently, Dr. Martin Luther King, on near his birthday, doc, Dr. Martin Luther King has come back. He's come back from his demise to see if... um. Is Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson can win the Super Bowl. Lord have mercy. Not our brother, Dr. Martin Luther the King. Check out the resemblance. And he's staring Martin Luther Lee. Take a look at that. Doesn't he look, look at that easy resemblance of the good brother, Dr. Martin Luther the King, enjoying the Baltimore Ravens. He got his mustache like Dr. Martin Luther the King. Frozen in time, I say. Frozen in time. Let's give him a round of applause to the good doctor. He's staring Martin Luther. And uh, for all intents and purposes, you know, social media done done some research. They found out who Dr. Martin Luther the King is back, and apparently he's living his dream. Take a look at this. We found Dr. Martin Luther King, the new one, with this new family. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He had a dream that one day little white, little black boys and little white girls would definitely be playing in the sandbox together. I believe that that was the dream. 
And uh, yeah, he's showing teeth. Niggas always gotta show they teeth. Well, I swear that I did not see this coming. Dr. Martin Luther King, I knew you liked the little pink toes. But this is going too far, sir. He had a dream today. All right, this is a dream right there. It was all a dream. He used to read Word Up magazine. He the went and got him a Millie Mouth Muskrat. Shout out to Dr. Mott. Niggas always got to show they teeth. <laughs> hey, man, we got to let him get it right there. And he's showing a little teeth. He playing it cool. Hey, man, Dr. Martin Luther King, even Martin Luther King staring at you, Martin Luther Lee Ninja. He like, even Jonathan Majors getting a Coretta. He's getting him a Coretta, Scott King, with a white girl. And Martin Luther King said, I'm going to just give me a white girl right here. Ninja got him out here. Woo-wee. Yeah, that brother's starving. <laughs> well, I can't say I blame him. I can't say I blame him. Second time around, Dr. Martin Luther King done did, did what he had to do out here. All right. She looked like she, she looked like she got a little wagon in that uh, right, right here. Looked like she dragging a little wagon back there, too. Looked like she dragging a little wagon. <laughs> All right, uh, what do we got here? We got, uh, is this the second part of the segment? This is the second segment. All right, we'll, we'll that, that's Dragon What's Nigga for today. Like, ride with me if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the fast stick, you can get high with me, that's a deal, right? Now, you have to think, you know, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King couldn't have white girls like it was when he was back in his day, so he had to come on back. He was like, I got to come on back. You can have white girls out here in these streets. Yeah. Even in Baltimore, Maryland. All right. He's like, I'm coming back. I'm coming to get some pink toes. I got to have them. Indeed. He then came back. He was like, y'all can have it. That was part of my dream. I'm coming back. Ninja came back right through the, right through the portal. Right through the porter, portal. And got him a plain Jane, too. Got him a plain Jane. All right. Shout out to Martin. We, we appreciate y'all. <laughs> all right what are we doing here it's easy eddie's at the football game so he was a little new york undercover here let me see what we got going on shout out to our brother cortez says thanks for everything coach free agent lifestyle wrong sound effect free agent lifestyle for life, for, for life, for life. indeed i do need more time i do need more time <laughs> All right, what are we doing here? Shout out to Maryland Guy. Good to see you, brother. What did you have to say? Maryland Guy says, I can't wait to see the look on Taylor Swift's face when we beat the Chiefs. All right, you're super excited. Baltimore Ravens and the Chiefs, and you got Dr. Martin Luther King on your side. Why not, brothers? Why not? Okay, let me check up over here and see if we got uh, John Ellis. It says, if there, hold on for a second. If they go to the Super Bowl, I get to borrow the Black Morpheus. If they don't, I'll let you borrow a Midwestern Pog. All right, shout out to her out there. You let me get me a Detroit Snow Cow. A Detroit Snow Cow. Do y'all got snow cows out there? I'm pretty sure you do. You got to go to the outskirts. You got to go be a youper. You got to go to the Upper Peninsula. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they out there. Uh, let's see else. What else we got over here? Shout out to Deshaun Rose. Yeah, coach. Keep that same cowardly lion energy. We be, he says, we'll be there to see you in February. So keep the sissy, the Siggy, <laughs> the sissy. <laughs> he says, keep the Siggy close 
Because we coming in hot, but get the lights up. Shout out to everybody in Detroit. You guys are so excited. I mean, I would be excited if we made the AFC championship. I'd be excited. But, uh, you know, we got three Super Bowls. We haven't had one in a while. And we got robbed of one. And two, we got, right, we got probably robbed of three of them. But that's neither here nor there. All right, I'll keep the sissy close. <laughs> the siggy close. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Not the sissy. Hey, yo, chill, son. Hey, yo. All right, Detroit plant. The 49er fans are really quiet, though. Where are the 49er fans at? 49er fans, real quiet. Y'all scared? All right, just say you scared. Okay, next part of the show here. Uh, it's uh, cook. well, cooked at 40. Let's go ahead and put this up here on the screen. And uh, we do have some women commenting on aging and stuff like this, and it's going to fall right in line of what I talked about. Well, this woman's going to mention the fact that she's 30 years old, all right? And so 30-year-old women, they say, well, I'm still young. I still have time, right? Because makeup, Botox, and they still relatively young. They don't be realizing, man, 30 is, you're about to hit that point of no return. But uh, this woman says she's 30, but she feels 20. How do I, I, I tell you that that's what they always say. That's their go-to. Tell me how I'm 30 years old, but I feel like I'm 20 until I actually hang out with a 20-year-old. And then I'm like, nope, I'm 30. Tell me how I'm 30 years old, but I feel like I'm 20 until I actually hang out with a 20-year-old. And then I'm like, nope, I'm 30. Now, this woman look 40. Let's just be honest real quick. And I'm just doing a quick assessment. I think she's a either Pakistani or Indian I, from India. Um, she definitely is either one of those, and they typically have dark circles around their eyes and typically overload the mascara uh, on the bottom part of the eye, and it enhances the dark circles around the eyes, and thus, you look 40. I mean, <laughs> all right, you definitely on the 40 tip. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. So I don't even know what she's talking about, but I get what she's saying here, and I've been trying to make that point for quite a bit. I've been saying... Women that say, and specifically women, they're like, nah, 30 is the new 20. I'm like, hang out with a 20-year-old. They look underage 21-year-old. Like, if you're hanging around women that are 20, 21, 22, and you see them, inevitably they look younger than that. Like, not many people that are their age actually look their age. Some people either look extremely older or younger. And it does tend to lend to the, to the point that if you ever see young people, they look way younger, even when they sometimes look older. And that's what they don't get. She's like, I feel 20. Well, feel 20 and look 20 are two different things. And it's quite obvious that this woman looks way past 30. The dirty 30. I feel 20, so therefore I am 20. Nope. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Tell me how I'm 30 years old, but I feel like I'm 20. And because Delulu. Delulu is the Salulu. I'm going to just go with Delulu. Tell me how. Delulu. Till I actually hang out with a 20-year-old, and then I'm like, nope, I'm 30. Yeah, th well past 30. Cooked. <laughs> All right, cooked is that. Cooked as they say. All right, let's take that down real quick. There was another video I was going to play. Dang, I got to find the video. I got to find the video. Because I was going to go ham on this topic. Hold on for a second. Let me see if I can find it in my, my history. It was uh, I was watching it earlier today. Let me see. I was watching it earlier this morning. Early in the morning. I done got sidetracked. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, damn. Maybe it was last night. Okay. 
Yeah, maybe it was last night. Last night. All right, I don't think I'm going to find the damn thing. Hold on for a second. Let me take that down, or else you're going to see my feet pictures. Uh, what are we doing here? We have a woman here. I don't really remember what she said, but I kept the clip, so let her kick it. There are no good men. Actually, there are. You're just looking in the wrong place. Want to find a quality dude who's emotionally attuned, shares in household responsibilities, and worships you like the queen that you are? I can 100% confirm what the other women on the internet have been saying. Okay? Come here. It's the nerds. You need to find a nerd. The more complicated the board games are, the more grateful he'll be for that puss. There are no good men! <sighs> what happened? Where did all the men go? So essentially she said... And that's you. That's what she said. That's what she said. So now... In order for you to get a good man, let's target the nerds. Let's go for the simps. And these are the guys that are we're going to talk about later that fell for the okie doke on the five love languages. Why? They aren't experienced. And this woman's definitely been in these streets. Okay, so in these streets. this is where the match match is. So what? Are you serious? So she had been ran through more times than the Holland Tunnel. And now let's target nerds. Man, this is... And any dude, these dudes would just be like happy to have her. All happy to have her. All soggy and whatnot. Actually, there are. You're just looking in the wrong place. Want to find a quality dude who's emotionally attuned, shares in household responsibilities, and worships you? Like, wow, man. I mean, this is everything the five love languages are. Oh, you can't even see it. There she is right there. And she does look like she has dandruff. And that t-shirt is at least 50 years old. Certainly 40 years old. So her hair's greasy, got dandruff all on her T-shirt. Now, she said, let me go back and roll it back. Roll it back. I can't roll it back, so I'm going to have to refresh the screen. Everything we're going to talk about of how ninjas get finessed in the five love languages, she just mentioned them. She just mentioned them. Listen. There are no good men. Actually, there are. You're just looking in the wrong place. You're just looking in the wrong place. Now, okay, no more Chad. Okay, all right. Where where she be looking? Want to find a quality dude who's emotionally attuned? Emotionally in attuned. Attuned? I didn't realize that. Emotionally attuned. Shares in household responsibilities. Shares in household responsibilities. Mm. <laughs> wow. Responsibilities and worships you like. And worships you. The queen that you are. Like, wow, ninja. Wow, ninja. And that's you. And yes, this woman's cooked, by the way. Go for the nerds. What happened? Where did all the men go? This is wild, guys. Oh, this woman says she's a matchmaker, too. Oh, Jesus. Mm. This woman runs a matchmaking, and you decided to jump up there with this holy-ass T-shirt. That T-shirt is definitely 40. All right. That, that T-shirt is definitely 40. I had one of those. Okay. I can 100% confirm what the other women on the internet have been saying. Okay? Come here. It's the nerds. Man, wow, the nerds. Okay, he's minding his own business. He's got his grandmama's lamp in there. He don't give a damn about decor. His gaming setup is wiggity-whack, but he doesn't care. So here we go right here. <laughs> here we go right here. He don't care. He just want a little bit of things to push a shove and get his willy wet four times a month. You need to find a nerd. Wow. You need to find a nerd brothers. And that's you. I tell you, man, do they realize that we have their playbook? 
do we do they realize we trying to tell men? And that's you. They don't realize it, do they? They are definitely lost in the sauce. The more complicated the board games are, the more grateful he'll be for that puss. Wow. Oh, man. They got y'all sips out here starving. Yeah, that brother's starving. Four pieces of puss per month. And then she's going to say, I haven't showered in three days and I smell like a bag of onions. Is any of this turning you off? Nothing. Wow. Guys. They out here just acting like they, I tell you, man, they don't listen to men. They don't miss listen to men at all. I'm going to check out her page here because she says she's a matchmaker. All right. This is a delusional. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. So she, this is not, that's not the woman. There's another matchmaker that um has this. This is a black woman. I'm not going to give her any free promo, but uh, I think that was probably her most viral video. So it is a sister that has a matchmaking service. And uh, yeah, okay, that was one of her most viral videos. Let me see how many, let me see. Okay, she, it got 1 million views, 1 million. So yeah, she definitely went viral. She did pop off with that, but that she's not the matchmaker. All right, so that, that wouldn't make any sense. So it's a black woman that has a matchmaking service that posted that. Yeah, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you definitely, so yes, he'll worship you and he'll do whatever he can for the almighty puss puss. Is the other woman a matchmaker? Yeah. It's a, another woman posted it as well. So, wow. Go for the nerds. I want to see what this woman, who her man is. Okay, this woman's got a picture of her with Rick Ross. So, there you go. There it is. I'm going to the streets. End of story. Continuing on. This woman right here says, I don't remember what she says, but we're going to go ahead and play her. Let's see what she has to say. I know one day I'm going to get married, but I'm like, I can't imagine somebody liking me that much, like tolerating me and caring for me. I'm like, mm, mm, mm. like, I hope it happens. Shit. Like, I can't imagine it happening, but like, it's going to happen. But like, I can't imagine, but it's going to happen. Like, I know one day I'm going to get married, but I'm like, I can't imagine somebody liking me that. Yeah, man, they telling on themselves all this at this point. I can't imagine anyone liking me like that. He probably doesn't like you. He's just happy to get, you know, get a little bit of sex from you and he will sell out. He will try to overlook your annoyances. Trust me. This is what men do. And she knows she's annoying and she know her peace leave ain't all that. But she's like, somebody will marry me. <laughs> right. Somebody will marry me right here. Yeah, uh, she know at least she knows she's annoying. Much <laughs> like tolerating me tolerating. and caring for me. I'm like, mm, mm, mm. like I hope it happens. Shit, like I can't imagine it happening. It, yeah, I know. Not even yourself can imagine it. But of course, in your world, the woman always gets the man. All right, it's just part of what you think happens. I'm gonna get married, and somebody will fall for me, and I don't know why because I'm not that special. All right. And I'm annoying. Somebody's just going to tolerate me. But yeah, it'll happen. But like, it's going to happen. But like, I can't imagine. But it's going to happen. Yeah, it'll happen. The confidence at the end. Basically, the confidence was saying, well, not that. The confidence was saying, let me go back to the original picture uh, video. The confidence was saying, yeah, there's always a nerd. There always is and that's you. a beta Brad that's going to settle. That's what she said. Unbelievable. All right. This woman says that um, 45-year-old woman says 40-plus-year-old women are on the clearance rack. Oh, my goodness. Is she a pygmy? 
Oh, we can't. We're going to read the comments because there's going to be a whole bunch of caping and a whole bunch of bitter and hurt and a whole bunch of I met my husband when I was 48. And that's you. The exception to the rule. So remember, remember, men in this space have been talking about Z-Wall for Z-Long time. Kevin Samuels became very popular with the leftover woman from the Shang Yu uh, Chinese leftover philosophy. And he got credited for the leftover woman stance. And uh, I believe people, that was the first time they heard it, which was mind boggling to me, but of course, normies. But this woman is going to have this to say about women who are 40 plus. Let's hear it. Your, your moms, your aunties, someone around you should be mentoring you to get married. That's, that's not what I do. I have my own daughters. One is married. One's going to be married soon. So y'all, y'all really need to have conversations with your, your moms, aunties, mentors, okay? For women over 40, y'all, this dating landscape is different. No one is really talking to us about how different the dating landscape is. I went through it at 43, married at 44, maybe it was 42, turned four, I don't know. But I'm 45 now, and I'm doing my best to help y'all understand. It's limited, okay? You want the clearance rack, okay? You got to pick the best. We're manager special. Yeah. It's not what it was in your 20s. It's not what it was in your 30s. And some of y'all over 50 that I meet and really still think y'all got options. You're so independent and set in your ways. You blame it on the men. But it's you, sis. It's you. Yeah. And that's your, you, your moms, your aunt. All right. And so it's you. And so here it is right there. I don't know why she's doing that filter. Right. But maybe she doesn't want people to catch her. What she really looks like. I don't know. I have no idea. But uh, she said it's hard out here. And let me tell you, I've been saying this for quite a long time. I think women have definitely taken this dating philosophy way too long. They're like, oh, online dating. I've tried everything. I've tried this. I'm doing the, And then they're d- disappointing in the dates. They're disappointed that the guys don't have any teeth when they show up. They're catfishing and these type of things, right? And I'm like, you're too old to be dating. You're not supposed to be dating at 40. Like, you're supposed to just meet people and decide. Like, get to know them. Not be out here fornicating. Not be out here looking for nerds and taking taking advantage of dudes. Not out here uh, meeting for dinners. 40-year-old women specifically aren't supposed to be going on dates, getting all dressed, putting putting oil on your legs, and coming out with your heels on and clop, clop, clop. I think they look goofy when they're out here dating. I think older women specifically, you look goofy when you're dating. It don't even look right. Like you're all sitting there all, hi, how are you? Uh-huh. What kind of gentleman are you? What kind of gentleman are you? And hold out my chair and open the door. Thank you very much. Like, are you are you in high school? Are you in high school? <laughs> like, what are you doing? But they all put in on this act like they're just a nice uh, traditional woman. I'm a traditional lady with a hint of strong and independent. I'm looking for a guy that has these qualities. If you don't, if you don't pick somebody. Just pick somebody. You look crazy out here trying to be out here dating. And I dated and I went on a date number one and date number two. And he had the nerve to want me to invite me up his stairs. And he thought he was going to get some sex from me on the first date. What? <laughs> and he wants me to be traditional, but I'm a, I'm a strong and independent woman. I got my career to focus on. I'm not going to be traditional. So I could find- on my career you're not supposed to be traditional at 40 you are old maid it's not, what 
traditional. Okay. Then they had the old woman running around here, 52, 53 years old. I can give them a wonderful life. I'm like, you don't have no life left. Like your life, the amount of life years you can give them is slim to none. And slim just died. All right. So that's the 40 year old woman out here saying that, um, that, that, oh, you know what? Let me play it again. Cause I've got, I gotta play it again. Wait a minute. That's not it. What was that? All right. Let's see. It's just so you don't think I'm the one who said it. She said, you, you guys on the clearance rack. Tease. Someone around you should be mentoring you to get married. That's, that's not what I do. I have my own daughters. One is married. One's going to be married soon. So y'all, y'all really need to have conversations with your, your moms, aunties, mentors. Okay. For women over 40, y'all, this dating landscape is different. No one is really talking to us about how different the dating landscape is. I went through it at 43, married at 44, maybe it was 42, turned four, I don't know. But I'm 45 now and I'm doing my best to help y'all understand it's limited, okay? You want the clearance rack, okay? You got to pick the best where manager's special. It's not what oh, it was in man. your 20s. Jeez. It's not what it was in your 30s. And some of y'all over 50 that I meet and you really still think y'all got options. Oh. You're so independent and set in your ways. You blame it on the men. But it's you, sis. It's, it's you. And that's you. It's uh, impossible. Wait a minute. It's you. Uh, let me see what these. Co- oh, I don't mean to like that. All right. Let's see what these comments are hitting on. <laughs> I want to see what these comments are hitting on. It says Kevin Samuels was trying to tell us, us, all right, us. So that seems to be a woman. Oh, that's a guy. Okay, we have a woman here. Of course, she's going to say, look, the older women that I hang out with, of course, here we go. The older women that I, this woman right here, let's take a look. Gap to smile. Oh, private account. Of course, where are you finding the women, not the women I hang out with? It must be you, not me. The older women that I hang out with ain't having no trouble finding good men. It ain't what's on you. It's what's in you. Garbly gook. That has nothing to do with what she just said. She said finding a husband, not no good men. Yeah, y'all still out here fornicating. Of course, you can find any man that wants to be up in there. Are they the guy for you for the long term? Yeah, you're finding lots of lots of good men. Yeah, that's what you're doing. That's not what she said. She didn't say you're going to have trouble finding them. She said you're going to have trouble keeping them. You're going to have trouble keeping them. That's what she said. All right, somebody says the double down in some of the comments is crazy. KS tried to warn y'all. RIP. Okay, there's some other slides. If you're the prize, where is the prize winner? Okay. Uh, this woman says, let's see what she is here. Okay, Gap 2 Smile Black Woman says, y'all want us to be miserable so bad. Lady at the beginning got married within a year. Rushed, maybe, of course. If you're not comfortable alone, it's okay. Lord, stop wanting us to be desperate for settled companionship. No, we don't want you to be desperate. You are desperate. However, we don't want to take a bad deal. Okay, self-esteem, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there's a third slide. I got to figure out. Somebody says, this is scrap. If BS, don't believe the hype. Man ain't going nowhere. Ladies, no matter what age you are. I think she meant men. There's someone for everyone at any age. Believe that. Yeah, see, they're not answering the question. She basically saying you're on the clearance rack. So whoever comes in, you're taking, you're settling. 
So they're they're trying to say, they're trying to say at any age, yeah, there's someone for us. That doesn't mean you're not on the clearance rack. That's what she's saying. They're not they're not arguing. It says right here, believe that. I never laced a man. I never laced a man interested in me. Okay, I don't know what that means. And I still pull them 20 years younger than me. Again, yeah, look. I never laced a man. I don't even know what that means. I never laced a man interested in me. That must be some new Fandango straggle slang. Okay, but let's just say this. That has nothing to do with what she said. She didn't say pulling men and they're 20 years older. Yes, you're getting banged out. That's all you're doing. KS lives on. He died talking about this. It says, so is this to say women should settle? Uh, exactly. I'm sure a lot of women, by the way, let me, let me just go back. By the way, this woman just got telling, got done telling women to settle. This woman just got done telling women to settle. Where did she miss? Now these women are acting confused. She said, go get nerds. This woman just copied the whole format. She said, hey, it's a wrap. I'm in my late 30s and 40s. Go get nerds. Now this woman said, is she telling us to settle? It's obvious. You're going to settle. She says, I'm sure a lot of women wanted to be married at some time, and the boys and the men their age wasn't ready, wasn't ready. And they prove that every day in the comment section. Okay. Y'all are letting 40 hit y'all hard. Y'all, 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 y'all. It's all about your mind frame, sweetie. Oh, okay. All right, here we go. Alpha's in the mind. Okay, where we at here? Kevin Samuels getting a whole bunch of respect. When he said it, they insulted him. All right, this going, wait. This going, this going to hurt the independent aunties. All right, last one. Y'all, y'all, man, y'all some country bumpkin ass people out here. What's wrong with all these country bumpkins? <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of y'all, y'all, y'all. Look at Nikki, baby. Y'all, <laughs> y'all are letting 40 hit y'all hard, y'all. Jesus this woman says, y'all are killing me. Y'all. <laughs> Jesus. I can't even read it. Y'all are killing me. Y'all are killing me. Okay, being married for 10, 15, 20, and 25 plus years doesn't equate to happiness. They, that's not what she said. Some of these people are just existing and struggling. That's not what she said. You see, they're taking it out of context. Women don't listen. Lord, everybody miserable. Young women don't want to cook tacos for men that ain't, they ain't with. They ain't with. Ain't y'all. Ain't y'all. What's the next word I'm finna see? Finna? Y'all ain't finna fix. Y'all ain't finna fit. Jesus, I can't take it, bro. This is what happens when I, this is what happens when I go to black Instagram. <laughs> right? I can barely read white Instagram. Here I am on black Instagram. Y'all ain't finna tell us. All right. Oh, yet. It says, but when Kevin Samuel said it, he was a sassy Satan. All right, shout out to y'all. My Lord. 
I try, gentlemen. I try, ladies and gentlemen. All right, do me a favor, man. Hit the like button. I do have one more video that I want to share, but I'm going to have to pull it up. I, I can't find it in my, I can't find it. Like I was ready to share it, but for some reason, it's somewhere where I can't find it. Y'all, <laughs> y'all, I can't find it, y'all. I'm trying to, y'all, I'm trying to find it. This is crazy. All right, let me see here. I'm trying to find it. It was the clip that I was telling you about, about, uh, it was the racist clip. <laughs> it was the clip of, um, of black people complaining about black people moving because that's going to be part of the conversation when we talk about love language. But, um, damn, I can't find it. Maybe I should Google it. Oh, wait a minute. I messed up my whole thing. Okay, here we go right here. Let me, let me see if I can, let me see if I can YouTube it. Okay. All right. Blacks in Los Angeles, 1960, complaining about black migration. All right. Let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, okay. It came right up. Pause. Okay. So this is it right here. All right. All right. All right. Here we go right here. All right. Oh, they turned the comments off. Oh, boy. They turn the comments off. But uh, here we go right here. I'm going to share this clip. It says the wealthy middle-class blacks in Los Angeles, 1960. I think this should be, is this the one they're complaining about? Oh, I hope it is. Let me see. Oh, damn, he looked mad as a mother sucker. Maybe this ain't it. Oh, it is it. Okay, here we go right here. I think this is it. Here we go. Oh, I only hear it in one ear. I only hear it in one ear. Damn, the volume is messed up. And we found out that almost 1,700 Negroes are moving into Los Angeles a month. Oh. By 1970, there'll probably be a million Negroes in this city. Oh, man, boy, the, the audio is so terrible on this one. Let me see if I can find another one. Let me see if I can find another one. Audio is terrible. Did y'all hear it? Did y'all hear the audio? Y'all. <laughs> okay. Did you hear the video? All right, let me let me see if I can pull it back up. Yeah, the volume is whack. Yeah, they didn't have stereo back then. All right, let's let's play the video. We discussed the problem of integrated housing, and we found out that almost seventeen hundred Negroes are moving into Los Angeles a month. By nineteen seventy, there'll probably be a million Negroes in this city. Jesus. And I know that people are concerned about this. They may not talk about it very often, but I certainly heard them shudder in church when he said there would be a million Negroes in Los Angeles. We shudder because we're saying, in essence, majority of these people are not like we are. Oh, my Lord, Jesus. <laughs> All right, so let me go ahead and translate. Do we have closed caption? Okay, here we go right here. So what you're hearing is a wealthy middle class probably sitting somewhere around the, the areas of Ladera Heights. Baldwin Hills. And um, y'all can't see the video now? I'm messing up. <laughs> I'm messing up. I'll play it back. All right, but what you're hearing is they're concerned about the migration of African-American, black, Afro-Americans, Negroes coming in from the South. Now, if you don't know, I've actually broke this down quite a bit. And what I broke down was there was a video called How to Sell to the Negro. I'll show it to you real quick. And the video, uh, for uh, you know, a lot of you guys don't understand that 
many of your relatives, if you are a black, uh, a black and American, they migrated from the South to the Midwest, the Northeast and the West Coast. So let me see if I can pull up how to sell to a Negro, how to sell to the Negro, how to sell to the Negro. All right. So we do have a clip of how to sell to the Negro. Let me see here. You can find this on YouTube, by the way. You can find this on YouTube. Okay, I'm looking for the longer version because the longer version is going to. Oh, here we go. The secret, the secret to selling to the Negro. All right, so let me go back over here. Here it is right here. This is going to show you the migration from the 50, the 1950s and the 60s that turned into generation one of blacks in the inner city. So the inner city, the urban areas where you guys are worried about being your areas, where then when the white people leave and then you ruin it and then they come in and gentrify it by redlining and gerrymandering and all of this shit that you keep talking about, well, you're going to learn that it wasn't your area. (laughs) It wasn't your area. You kind of migrated in and then there were some even blacks that were there that were worried about this migration. So the reason why we bring it up is because the immigrants are doing the same thing today. So this is why in Chicago, New York, the immigrants are doing what the black Americans did in the 50s and 60s, but the black Americans that are still on social services, still on rental assistance, still on Section 8, they're complaining about the immigrants when you were the immigrants 60 years ago. Okay, you see what I mean? I I thought this was a fantastic clip. So let me play this clip so you can see what they're talking about. Here we go, fair use. And is plain. The new Negro families today are moving into more populated areas, to the cities, where there are more stores, more buying opportunities. Since 1940, in San Francisco alone, the Negro market has increased by 89%. All right, and so there it is right there. Just these four cities, the Negro market has, uh, you know, vastly changed. And if you don't know or are unaware, A lot of blacks, mostly men, and some families left the Jim Crow South because of the conditions there, right? And they had more opportunities after, you know, during Jim Crow to move to the North, if you will, and leave their families. And so this is where the great migration, Harlem Renaissance, going into the Negro migration, going into the Civil Rights era. Look at San Francisco, Chicago, Philadelphia, and Houston. Let me just say this. Okay. All right. Let me just say this. People are saying these are American uh, cities, though. We get it. These are Amer- We get that. But what you don't get is the complaint is that the new migrants are going to come in and strain these social services. Right. That's part of the my. That's part of the issue. And uh, look at these cities today. All three of these cities, three or four of these cities are shitholes at this particular point. All right. Here we go. In Chicago, by 81%. Houston, Texas, 45%. Philadelphia, 50%. The impact of this new buying force is so tremendous Uh. that actually in 14 major United States markets, a product cannot be number one without Negro support. All right, so let's stop right here. Let's stop right here. Let's take a look at these cities that they say the top 14 cities where Negroes have migrated to. So when you're hearing this, that's what they said, not me. But I'm going to go back to the L.A. video so you can hear 
what even the blacks in Los Angeles were saying about the problem. So here we go right here. Let's take a look at these cities. Uh, New York, Chicago. Wait, let's start with New York. I'll play the buzzer on them. Mm. Chicago. This is 1955. Mm. Philadelphia. Mm. Washington, D.C. Baltimore, Detroit, (laughs) New Orleans, (laughs) Memphis, Birmingham, I'm going to give Birmingham a slide, St. Louis, Atlanta, Houston, it's on this way. Mm. Cleveland, so when, oh, I'm going to tell you something else. Mm. And Los Angeles. Now, where did blacks come from? You're like, well, where did they come from? They were in the country, y'all. Y'all, they were in the country. So blacks resided in country areas. That's why you seen them get the hell up out of there. They like, (laughs) they like these white boys crazy. All right, so they were stuck in the country, uneducated, uh, hanging around with net rednecks, rednecks lynching them. Yeah, I would have got up out of there too. Now, oddly enough, oddly enough, most of these cities are probably some of the most popular cities that rappers come from. <laughs> All right. So, with that being said, when people talk about this is our city, this is my hood. Right. Um, when people say, hey, New York ninjas be like this, Philadelphia ninjas be like that, St. Louis ninjas be like this, and in 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 Los Angeles ninjas be like that, it really ain't like that, right? You're new. You were new to the area. You almost all came from the same area, which is the American South, right? In the eastern seaboard. Most of y'all came from those areas from Louisiana all the way to North Carolina, from the backwoods country. Country-ass, cock-a-doodle-doo-ass ninjas, right? And then now y'all moved to some of these other places and you took your country ways and your country grammar to St. Louis. Okay, but most of these are where the shit happens, right? Somebody says not. What about Houston? Most of these teams got good NFL teams. Now, ninjas were chased out. It was not, it was not that good in the South, so they migrated. That was a, Look it up. It's called the Great Migration. Uh, of the Negro started around really the Harlem Renaissance was a, a time, right? They got chased out of Tulsa, if you will, Black Wall Street, chased out of Harlem. And then now you have the 40s, 50s, and 60s migration from the south into the north. Now, let's go back so you have context. What did the blacks in the wealthy class, the middle class blacks in Los Angeles think about these new Bama-ass people come into their, their city, right? So what they're saying is these are Bamas, <laughs> right? Mm. <laughs> oh, no. These Bama-ass people going to come in here and ruin it. Does this sound familiar? I know the American, they were American. But what they're going to say is you'll hear it. And one more thing I'm going to tell you. Many of these places broke down in riots relatively soon like within a 10-year period. 
And much of it, one number one reason was police brutality. Uh, these police forces had to really ramp up their police forcing, meaning that uh, there was a new group of people that they were policing. Lots of racism in these police dete- uh, organizations. And we saw it all the way up into the 90s and 2000s, even in today. So, yes, it's somewhat gotten better, but this has been a problem since this migration because the police are trying to police a new group of citizens. They're bringing in more people that are somewhat probably came from racial undertones or overtones that were dealing with a group of people who were Bama's and hard-headed, hard-headed. And Los Angeles broke down in a riot relatively soon because of police brutality, right? Same thing similar to some of these other cities. And even to today, these cities really haven't adjusted. Let me just say this. These cities haven't really adjusted to the Negro population because some of these Negroes are still Bama's. Right? They still Bama's. Really. I mean, just think about it. Think about some of these. Uh, there's, a, there's a great video of a guy doing all the accents from black people from these cities. And they're very much unintelligible, slang, Bama-type um, conversations. If you're in your 30s, you were second or maybe third generation from this city. And what happened? White people got the hell up out of there. They was like, what? Oh, hell no. Right? So white people in these cities, let me just show you here. White people in these cities saw this influx of black Americans coming to the city and they got the hell up out of there. They mo- this is the origin of the suburbs. This is the origin of the suburbs. So white folks used to be up in the city. Look, white folks used to be up in the city, immigrants and whatnot, immigrant white folks and whatnot, and blacks shopping with each other. Look, and then what happened was great white flight. So you have the migration from the South, from black Americans, and from Jim Crow South, And then white Americans getting the hell up out of there. And one of the other uh, death nails to white flight was forced immigration busing into white schools. That was a death nail because that's when white folks really got up out of there and went to the suburbs because they were like ninjas coming to our school. And what happened was Boston, Massachusetts, Milwaukee, Chicago, all around the United States, these new immigrant, this new migrant population of African-American that started to repopulate these areas, by 20 years later, 15, 20 years later, guess what happened? They start saying, you're going to be schooled together. Now, today, we basically have resegregated ourselves or they've redlined everybody into certain communities. They're like, okay, keep these ninjas over here, all right? And... Now we're separated again. Now we're back to segregation where you can say that's a black school, that's a white school. All right, anyway. So everything has a reason why. So when people say white flight, you got to describe why they're flighting because influx of Bama's. (laughs) All right, right, anyway. And let's talk about it. So these Negroes right here was like, we don't want these Negroes coming in. Black people. Guys, it, it be your own people. It be your own people. It ain't just white folks. Here we go. Problem of integrated housing. And we found out that almost 1,700 Negroes are moving into Los Angeles a month. 
She said, by 1970, it'll be a million Negroes in this city. I have to ask, is she wrong? When was this video shot? 1960. She said in 10 years, this sounds like we talk about about immigrants. She said, they're going to come out here and they're going to be fucking and they're going to be bursting out babies at the scene. <laughs> Listen, I, hey. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm just, I'm just translating. All right, let's continue. And I know that people are concerned about this. They may not talk about it very often, but I certainly heard them shudder in church when he said there would be a billion Negroes in Los Angeles. Wow. She said there are going to be a billion Negroes in Los Angeles. Well, they didn't do that. Ninja Crack, crack put that. Now, now, that's another story. The crack epidemic, gang violence, hip-hop music. Guys, we're living at very, you know, this seems like a long time ago, but this is domino effect. So then you have inner city violence by the 1980s. That's going to put the numbers, the billions numbers is not going to get reached. Obviously, it would be ridiculous to have a billion people in California, but she's being exaggerating. But the million numbers definitely reached. And then guess what? Most of these cities were broken down because people just evaded. Compton was a white community. Compton was a white and Latino community where the Latinos were the um were the um were the uh the people who worked on the agriculture. Compton was an agricultural town. In 1950, guess what American president uh started their life in Compton? Let's see if you guys got it. Guess yeah, early termination of pregnancy too. Guess what American president started Lived in Compton in the late in the mid to late 1950s. It's wild, yeah. Compton was an agricultural town. Compton was a white suburb. And 30 years later, uh, NWA, the crack era. 30 years. Yep, George Bush, George W. George H. W. Bush, originated in Compton. So this is kind of where around the same area. Let me see here. George Bush Compton. But uh, people think that blacks have been in these cities for a long time, and it's not true. It's it is a relatively new phenomenon that we haven't really solved yet. It's been it's a new issue that we really haven't solved. It says right here for Bush Compton was once home. Let us now count George Bush's houses, and they count the houses, and it says right here, Bush moved 29 times in his adult life. Right here, he lived in the south, south, southern edge of Los Angeles. Compton was a city of 47,000 people along the fringes of developed Los Angeles. Santa Fe Gardens was a well-kept middle-class apartment complex. Now urban sprawl has swallowed Compton's more than 90,000 residents and so forth and so on. So it was a white middle-class enclave, Compton. And in the entire, really, Los Angeles, you got to remember, not many people had cars and was driving way out like that. Right, so anyway. So all of these things are domino effects. We really haven't adjusted from the even the initial migration and then the social services and the era. The, it's, it's a mess. So then when you take it back to these African-American-ass Negroes, they're saying we don't want their kind here. We don't want Bamas. 
We shut it because we are saying, in essence, majority of these people are not like we are. Damn. And uh, we felt that we, maybe some of us felt we left this out because we were getting away from this problem. <laughs> So they said we left the South before them to get away from this. Now they're following us here. Hey, I'm not saying it. That's them. All right, here we go. We are a part of this exodus too, but we are a little maybe embarrassed by the fact that here we're going to have a, a mass element come in that, that's going to create a tremendous social problem in the community <sighs> to which we find a uh, great deal of difficulty in relating to all right oh damn this ninja look angry boy this is what men used to look like angry ass ninjas uh let's see what he says he said they're gonna cause a social problem now my question is did he lie yeah he said these people they're gonna cause a social problem Whew. now look at this guy right here good lord have mercy this is what men used to look like when you walked home and you came home with a bad report card, this is what your daddy was looking like. Let's see what he's talking about. How do I sound like a do-gooder? <laughs> because I really am not, and I'm somewhat of a snob. But I do think that with these people coming in who are not our intellectual equals, nor are they of our sociological oh. uh, bracket, uh, they're not to be a handicap to us. They'll find their own level. Now, I do sound like a snob, but I don't mean it this way. Damn, Anita Baker out here. Anita Baker mama out here. She said, they ain't on our intellectual level. Or our social level. Woo-wee! Man, this, this video, remember I told you this this morning. This video got people shuffling. All right, good Lord have mercy. I can do some shuffling too. Look out, man, what you going to do? Coming through. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Jesus. <laughs> Somebody said, don't share too much. This on YouTube. Jesus. Yep. This on YouTube. This is a YouTube video. They going to get this one taken down. But she said, giving you the best that I got. And classism is in full effect. Yes, this is classism. Wow. She said, them Negroes ain't on our level. Okay, let's continue. You thought it was the white folks. White folks quietly left. White folks said, you know what? We're just going to pack up our U-Haul and get the hell up out of here. <laughs> it's the black folks that had y'all uh, hemmed up. Here we go. But they're used to living a certain way, and they too might uh, rise, up, uh, rise up above their origin and might one day be our associates. Oh, my Lord. The of this meeting is uh, we're setting us up My Lord, Ninja. Woo. Woo. I'm going to tell y'all a secret. She, he said, we tried to escape the second perfect ninja. Now, I'm going to tell y'all something, and you might think I'm wrong. But I'm going to pull something up. The people who talk about Black Wall Street, these were the Negroes on Black Wall Street. Y'all don't want to hear me, though. 
So we do hear this conversation about Black Wall Street. We had it and we was running shit. Them the Negroes right there. It wasn't hood ninjas talking about they flew planes over us and dropped bombs. It wasn't ninjas in zoot suits and sagging pants. It was them guys. That that was the black that was Black Wall Street. The uppity muckety uppity muckety muckety, right? The the Negro class, and they was not allowed to about to let y'all ninjas. And you know who always talking about Black Wall Street? Who he's talking about? Second profession Negroes. Y'all don't want to talk. Y'all don't want to talk about that. Because if you look at documentaries of Black Wall Street, it was them. It was these guys. It was these people. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't ninja sagging pants in Philadelphia talking about they bombed us. It was them. He says, and the Caribbean ninjas. Y'all don't want to talk about that. It was them. Um, it was them W.E.B. Du Bois ass ninjas. It was them. It was the Mark. Never new, mind. New, 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 new world order. Yep. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't the. The people that are complaining about Black Wall Street today. Nah, because the people, those people already moved on with their lives. So you guys got to think about this, man. Uh, when you look at films like this, you actually see that they saw class first. Yeah, the Marcus Garvey type ninjas. Yep. Um, they saw that there was a distinction <laughs> between. And we are out here a while, and we're working in our own field, and then we find out that here these same problems are falling on the heels of 1,600 Negroes a month oh. coming to Los Angeles. Damn. This is a wake-up call. He said 1,600 Negroes a month coming to Los Angeles. Wow. This is eye-opening, right? Now, this gives us problems. I haven't heard one y'all yet. I haven't heard one y'all. I haven't heard one ain't. I haven't heard one fixing. I'm fixing up. I ain't seen one strag. I ain't seen one, no wigs, no eyelashes, no weaves. I haven't seen one. These people talking educated like a mother sucker. These people right here. Distinguished as Negroes. All right. Shout out to y'all. He said carpet bagging ass Negro. All right. Anyway. <laughs> have, to be a Negro, there is something wrong with it. And if you take a child and raise him, a, a child, a very impressionable child, and have him grow up in an atmosphere where your color of skin is something that is looked down upon, that there is something wrong with you, that you uh, are, 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 are not... You don't have the abilities of other people. Um, yeah, no pookies. And somebody said they left the community. They didn't. The, 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 community, the community is this. The community is what was left when people, when people migrated in. So the community is where they lived. And then the migration of the people that they were worried about came in and then they left. But they lived there already. They didn't leave the community. They were the community. Then the community or the community became the community. And then when the community uh, originated, when it became the community, then they got the fuck up out of there. <laughs> right? They got out of there.
All right. And so, yeah, they were like, uh uh-uh, uh, they coming to, they're coming to take what's ours. Even no matter how much education, no matter how much uh, training, et cetera, you have, a lot of these impressions stay with you. I feel that we have to search for a new image. Oh, when I wake up in the morning, I don't look in the mirror and say, you are a Negro, therefore oh. you will face life in a certain way. I see myself as a person just like all the people that I work with. Woo-wee! Hey, man. And so here's the funny thing about it, right? Because <laughs> everybody go call him Uncle Tom. My, I'm, I'm not black. I'm OJ. But you have, to ask, you have to ask yourself this. This is what you have to ask yourself. Here's the problem. They was there doing what they were doing. It seemed to be somewhat working. There were no riots. <laughs> the police wasn't beating on them. And then what happened was a group came in. This is what they're saying. They came in and then told us that we didn't belong. You sounding white. And then what happened to them? This is interesting. This is a very, very historic, interesting piece of, uh, of conversation here. Because they were saying we didn't have no problems until y'all came in. We was living. We was working. We was supporting our family. I was being in my Coretta Scott King. We had our society. We were over here. We had our Black Wall Street. Everything was good until the Bamas came. This is tough. This is tough. Don't be mad at me, man. He said the darkies. Oh, man, stop. Hey, I didn't say all that. Man. And the children that I deal with, and they're all people. I've got to break in here. (laughs) Oh, they sniggling. The idea of this consciousness of you've got to look in the mirror to face yourself to to go through this bit about being a Negro is very naive. The uh, individual, this concept was instilled in you before you could think. Right. Oh, I don't agree with you. And first of all, we have, as a symbol in our community, the white, straight hair, brown hair, as the symbol of the things it's tried for. Now, there's nothing wrong with it, except that it represents the very fact that we are talking about. The idea, the Negro in our society is a rejected child. There's no two ways about it. It's in Los Angeles, it's in New York City, it's in any place in the United States. Um, I get the impression that the men in the white shirts are probably center, moderate, more the other the other elite who lay... Uh, W.E.B. Du Bois blacks are more on the conservative side. So the guys in the white shirts and the black ties seem to be on the more liberal on the moderate side. And they're like, hey, these, you know, these people are they're capable of being one of us type of guys right there. Wowzers. But I always told you, man, classism always trumps race. With that being said, the idea that a lot of times, you know, white society, the dominant society gets to blame Similarly with women, women blame men, but sometimes it's women on women. Same thing here. It seems that when blacks came in, migrated, it wasn't the whites. The whites just got up and left and left the infrastructure. Then you had a group of blacks that tried to try to figure out how to coexist. And then the classism started to trump the race. So nobody, I don't hear a lot of people talk about this part of it. Because it always seems like blacks are lumped into one category and then whites are over here. But there's always a class structure within a race of people, in a, within a group, not just a race of people. There's a class system in, within a group that then when these two people are trying to compete with jobs, you got these people over here shooting down these people. 
these people. That's what they said. And they were like, they're not going to be able to adjust. And thus, it's going to affect us. That's what they were. That's what they were saying there. Interesting piece right there. Interesting piece. Uh, people were saying some colorism in there. I find colorism to be an interesting argument because colorism does exist. Although most people don't pay attention to it unless you're a shade of that. Right. Nope. Nobody's paying attention to it outside or a certain class of people don't worry about it too much. Uh, but yeah, colorism is a thing for some people, especially in the South. I lived in the South a little bit. And yes, colorism was a bigger issue than it is in, let's just say, the West Coast. The West Coast, it doesn't come up as much. It's not a topic unless you live in Richmond or Oakland or Watts, Los Angeles. It might come up there, but not that big of an issue. Wow. What did you think about that? All right. Let me catch up on some Super Chats and we're going to get to the main event. Mm-hmm. Shout out to our brother Jay Rago says, red and gold till I'm dead and cold. Bang, bang. Shout out to the Niners. Shout out to the Niners. Somebody says, wrong. These are FBAs. Tethers are the new Bamas. Okay, what am I wrong about? I don't know what I was wrong about. Uh, the Caribbean, the Caribbean, um, the, the Caribbean definitely had a major influence all the way from Marcus Garvey all the way up to Louis Farrakhan, if you will. I believe, was his family Caribbean? Caribbeans? Caribbean blacks have been very influential in a variety of ways, especially in the area of um, setting up businesses and this type of thing, all right? And that has definitely been in New York and so forth. So you guys are calling them tethers. I don't, I'm assuming that's what you're talking about would be non-FBA. But Caribbeans, I call them Caribbeans, shout out to uh, Dan Calloway. Caribbeans have been very influential in coming over and establishing some of the businesses that, that allowed them to escape some some of the areas. K- kidney beans. No, carry beans. Shout out to Thomas Sowell. Yeah, Thomas Sowell. Um, even to the point the Haiti, Haiti, Haiti people are early in the 1800s coming to Louisiana. Uh, Marcus Garvey was a carry bean. Harry Belavante, Bob Marley. Um, I want to I wanna say, I want to say Farrakhan. Yeah, Farrakhan is a carry bean. Yeah, Willie D, Stokely Carmichael. I mean, people want to take that away. I think for a lot of that, oh, a lot of Biggie Smalls, the rap community, had a, you know, Carrie Beans had an effect, which means to say, what's the argument? It, was it the Carrie Beans that kind of got ahead of the FBAs? The FBAs held themselves back. I mean, I don't know what the argument is. Yeah, restaurants and stuff like that. And uh, yeah. All right, uh, anyway, somebody's not, white people are not interested. Listen, not everything's about you. Not everything's about you, white folks. All right, white folks are bored. They're scared because it's a racial conversation. For the first time, you're not getting blamed, but I can start blaming you. White folks, you want, you want me to trigger you? White folks is like, it's not about me this time. I don't want to listen. <laughs> white folks, settle down, ninja. Not everybody's going to make everything about you. All right, anyway. Uh, shout out to Free Agent 3000 says a 300-pound lady at work was saying she's never going to settle. I said, what if a man was 80% of what you're looking for? She said, nope, that's settling. All right, yes. And so she's 300 pounds. Delta Fox says some liberals would lose their mind if they heard you say Negro in 2024. Well, I didn't say it. 
All right, they were saying it. I was just quoting them. But yeah, shout out to John Dosis. Thomas Sowell book talks in depth about African-American culture being in a, a, a adopted from Southern redneck culture. Yes, there's a book that said that. And um, if you look at some of the most popular hip hop today, you can certainly agree that that culture has always kind of existed more in our country than anything else, meaning blacks and poor Southern whites, what they call rednecks. They, you guys have been neighbors for centuries. So yes, even though, even then you'll see a guy come out that is white redneck and he'll be able to mimic, he'll be able to mimic black culture more than an affluent Western United States white person, a white bread Northeastern white. Like I think of that, that guy like Paul Wall. And uh, there was another white guy that was a rapper in the, in the 2000s. And he had a song called Country. So white rednecks can mimic black culture very relatively easy. Like, like that. Because it's almost, it's, it's very comparable. And Thomas Old brought, wrote a book about it. Don't blame me. But it's very comparable even to the fixings and the talking and the food, the, the type of food that you eat. Yeah. The type of food that you eat. Um, there was a rivalry for a long time that essentially what was Jim Crow South, right? Jim Crow South was both of these cultures trying to coexist. It was a powder cave, which was poor whites, uneducated whites, whites that dropped out of school in the seventh grade and blacks who were prevented from having education powder cave. <laughs> Bubba Sparks, Bubba Sparks. So he's an example of African-American culture, which I know people don't want to talk about that, but the things that we prioritize in African-American culture comes from the South, that type of thing. And you feel comfortable. The church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, what's his name? Bubba Sparks. Bubba Sparks is an example of that. What Thomas Sowell was trying to explain. Now, that doesn't mean all blacks, but yeah. In fact, it's so mimicable that Caribbean people were able to mimic it. Caribbean people, Caribbean they call tethers, Caribbean people were able to mimic it and become household names, which was the African-American culture, the poor inner city. And they would come in, they, and essentially copy it. And they would have, their mom would be speaking like she just came from Jamaica. She just came from Haiti. Biggie Smalls is an example of mimicking that culture which he did not come from. Uh, Shine Barrow is an example of mimicking that culture and mimicking it so well that you thought he was an FBA the entire time, unless you really knew. A lot of rappers, you thought they were just, you know, grew up as FBA descended from the American slave system, but they were not. They were their family, all of them, they were from the Caribbean. Most of the time, first, second, third generation. So they all they did was just mimic it, right? They did the swag and the look and, you know, all that stuff. They just mimic it, and then they were able to become wealthy. Interesting. KRS-One, Buster Rhymes, Tony Yayo, yeah. Isn't it wild? Isn't it wild? Yeah. But, of course, tethers, right? Uh, somebody said Foxy Brown. 
These people were, a lot of them were Caribbean. I want to say, and I might be wrong about this, that the guy that was credited for starting hip-hop, I know I'm, people, I'm going to put somebody off. What was the guy's name? I can't think of his name. Um, they said he used to drive around with speakers in his car. I think he was, I might be wrong. I don't think he was FBA. I think he was Caribbean. I might be wrong on that one, though. My, you gotta have to, you're going to have to, um, do, you're going to have to tell me if I'm right on that one. Uh, the guy, yeah, Cool Herc. Was it Cool Herc? Is he, was he Caribbean? Or no? DJ Cool Herc. He was credited to be the first kind of to get the hip hop going. Was he, was he, was he Caribbean? No, there you go. I mean, <laughs> there you go. Look it up. All right. So I'll, there we go right there. And somebody said Grandmaster Flash, African Bambata. A lot of them were Caribbeans, Carry Beans. All right, so I was right. All right, there you go right there. He was Jamaican. Okay, all right, so anyway, interesting, interesting conversation here. I'm not trying to put black folks down. Black folks, like, you always trying to put us down. All right, so he's Jamaican. <laughs> all right, so there you go right there. Uh, anyway, DJ Red Alert too. Yeah, man. It's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. White folks are like, this is ridiculous. What are we talking about here? Let's talk about some... Shout out to uh, Face Facts says Black America was started to thrive and the NWO moved in the mother raised nation in to destabilize it. That tradition is still active via family court. Shout out to you on that one. All right. Good conversation. Reginald Flair says that was a very interesting conversation about class coach. I'm adding carpet bagging to my vernacular now. Carpet bagging definitely is a thing. All right, it has been around for quite a long time. I mean, we we are really not that far from feeling the effects of all of those things here. Shout out to our brother Vernon says, I'm tired of ninja watching. Take my money. Thank you, sir. David McFarlane, shout out to Davy Boy Smith is in here. I need money, says Jerry Jones, even was sus suspect at the school combining. Yeah, um, yeah, he was over there yelling at Jerry Jones was like, Oh, I was just watching. I was just watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. They didn't catch you yelling. I wanted to see them yelling. Okay. We got one, two, three, four over here. Uh, Larry says, my love language is, <laughs> I can't even get it fast enough. Thank you, brother. Your love language is shut your Mitch ass up. Oh, I don't have it set. I do have it set. Shut your bitch ass up. <laughs> All right, so that's your love language. Shout out to you and the coach gang. Appreciate you. Appreciate you there. Let me see what we got. One, two, three, four. Kaylin is at the dough. Kaylin says, Coach, uh, what stands out to you about the movie Hitch? Were there any RP moments for you in the film? I haven't seen it in like 20, 30 years, so I can't even say. All right, I remember it, but I don't remember it, so I would have to watch it. I would have to watch it. Shout out to Pro Man says, let's not forget y'all president. Y'all president was against the su them Southern blacks going to Hunter school. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Jim Crow Joe. He was against forced integration. But, you know, y'all Negroes. And actually, he used to say he used to have Negroes pushing his uh, blonde hairs down on his legs. All right, shout out to, uh, we're going to call you Eugene Coach. As a brother, you're teaching. He says, 
have been on point the last few months. He says, your stand has gotten, I think he says, your stand has gotten me through my work shifts and the challenges of 2024. Your courage to tell the truth is a great example for men. And tell them Mitch ass ninjas that I'll tell them this. I wish a nigga would. Shout out to you and glad I'm able to get you through your work schedule. Get you through your work schedule. What are we doing here? We got a couple over here and we're going to keep it moving. Shout out to Macaroni Tony. Ninja, was that a dare shirt? My goodness, that was next. He says that. He says, my my goodness, what's next? The LA gear sneaker and members only jacket. That's what comes with it. Shan says, women dating after 40 might find luck at shuffleboard games, bingo, and off strip casino slot machines, unemployment offices, and essentially with 60-year-old men. Macaroni Tony says there's a book that goes in deep about classism in the black community. It's called Our Kind of People. Is classism a bad thing? Because it's never going away. So um, if you're against classism, you're what's the argument? Just just curious. What's the argument? Is is there an expectation to say because you look alike or descended from the same people, you should be same economically? Is there is that is that an argument? Just let me know. I mean, you can you can put it in the comment section. I'm just curious because I don't believe that. <laughs> right. I have no I have no belief system in that shit. Ninja. I'm like, Ninja, I don't care who you are, or what you look like. I'm stepping on toes and slamming Cadillac doves. All right. Um, like you're supposed to act the same. You're supposed to live in the same area. You're supposed to each one teach one. You're supposed to hand down. And what is the criteria? Looking alike? Like, what is the criteria? Descendant? Like, looking alike? Being from a similar background? What is the what is the thing that makes the other person say, you can't get ahead of this person? I'm just wondering because I don't see it. Matter of fact, if you were just take it further back, most of y'all... Slaves wasn't even from the same area. So y'all not from the same area, really. So, all right, anyway. I don't understand what it is that we are, you're saying about classism. Oh, it takes a village. Yeah, it takes a village, meaning that we, we help each other do what? Rise above? Because I believe, I believe you're only as strong as the weakest link. That's what I believe. You're only as strong as your weakest link. So I would be more apt to believe that than to say, let's help all these strangers rise up against the dominant culture. I don't think that's going to happen. Numerically, it's just not going to happen. But there's areas where it does happen, and still it seems to fail, like, you know, entertainment and sports. There's still always a semblance of, well, the dominant culture owns it. And it's kind of weird. It's a weird It's a weird thing. The tribalism thing. And what's to say? Because, you know, uh, we've been in societies where people looked alike and people still had a hierarchy. Um, There's places on the map where people were all the same, similar race, different tribes. And there was so much corruption in these areas. It was ridiculous. 
right? So they have corruption there. I just don't think it has to do about skin color or descendants. I think what happens is people look for opportunities to ascend to the top no matter what. I don't care if it was all, if you got all white people, they're going to do that. If you have all Asian people, look at China, they're going to do that. They're going to have a class of people that are down here. They're going to keep them down, step up. So, yeah, I, most of the time, I think it's shaming people for trying to get ahead. But there's something to be said about that because then you got to keep all them ninjas back there. <laughs> all right, anyway. So I'm just supposed to be cool with you because our skin's tones match? I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. You cannot convince me to believe something like that. Now, you know. Kevin Sullivan says, what's up, coach of the coach gang? Coach guy, you got me cracking up with the y'all and the finna. That's all we say in Kansas City. Shout out to the best educator, educator on YouTube. Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to say the cream rises to the top. The cream rises to the top. Yeah, Ninja. you only as strong as the weakest link. So if I got weakness in my, in my hood, my culture, I got to get rid of the weak. He said, can't shave a heartless man. Yeah, man, because I'm not about to... I'm not about to give up my life for y'all mother suckers. So y'all can uh, wallow in mediocrity while I wait till people to rise up. Ninja, my name ain't. I'm not taking a bullet for you ninjas. <laughs> he said we got to stick together. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. All right, anyway. What are we doing here? Abel returns to Eden. Eden says African souls, Africans. That's why we're here. We don't want to have that conversation, though. Because even then, you know, they didn't consider you African or Nigerian. There's a lot of tribes there. They don't consider you one of them. You were somebody else. So they were like, we can sell you. You were maybe a criminal. You were held captive through war. You were stolen um, and so forth and so on. So it didn't matter then. So why does it matter over here? I don't even know, man. Shout out to Zoe, man. Last one. Thank you, coach, for calling out the FBAs. I'm Haitian, and I just don't get it. Malcolm X was from Grenada. Marcus Garvey, Jamaica. Why kick us Caribbeans down? Well, I, the same people saying stick together are just kicking. We kicking the Caribbeans out? I don't know. I don't understand it. Because a lot of people do that. The, the pro-blacks are leaving. Like, why y'all kicking the Caribbeans out? Ninja, everybody, is Spike Lee a Caribbean? I don't know. But yeah, Malcolm X, Louis Farrakhan, Marcus Garvey. Um, there's something that have to be said about that class of people. All the rappers, essentially many, many, many of the rappers from New York, for sure. All right, you really got to eliminate lots of people. And them damn Nigerians coming in there with they white shirt and they damn penny loafers. Them Nigerians. He said Malcolm X was from Nebraska. No, you got to look it up. I think his mama was half white. Them ninjas, y'all, a lot of y'all, a lot of y'all mixed up. All right, let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. Yo, no, I wasn't kicking the carry beans. I was just showing that a lot of people definitely don't like that. Like, they'll be like, they call them tethers and all that stuff. I'm like, if you took the contributions from 
um, if you took the contributions from the Caribbean people that have been here since the 1800s, you're taking away lots of contribution. All right. Where them, where them, where them Ezekiel's at? Where Ezekiel? All right, let's get back to it. White folks, they falling asleep. Love languages for simp. The five love languages for simps. How did the five love language make men into simps? Was it a psyops? Well, let's talk about it. What are the five love languages? Yes, I read the book. And I did a video on this one. But another sister has just talked about this. And the five love languages. What are the five love languages? Well, number one is physical touch. That's going to become important later on in the stream. Words of affirmation. Quality time. At the bottom there, gift giving. Gift giving and acts of service. If you haven't read the book, I'll save you. You, know, you can read it if you want to. I don't even know what to tell you. But the book uh, was written by, I believe, uh, the guy was a Christian minister or pastor. Um, his name is Gary Chapman. So it does have a hint of Christianity in it. If you read the book, he's talking about the church and so forth and so on. So there is a hint of Christianity in it. And it did come off the heels of other comment books or videos called men are from Mars women women are from Venus so there was a time in our culture where you had people that were coming in from church intellectuals most of them white they were coming in here to try to explain how to get men and women to coexist how to get them to understand each other how to live together in harmony so men are from Mars women are from Venus well we're from two different planets but we have to coexist love languages the five love languages okay Let's understand what the other person wants. If we can understand, we unlock, we unlock who we are. So now all of a sudden, if I know she likes gift, or I'm sorry, acts of service, meaning chore play, we're just going to give it a nickname, chore play. All right, you do things for her or words of affirmations, you praise her. Then you can unlock it and then you can get some punani. You can, you can get some punani. You can get some sex, some marital sex. And with this, they did find out and discover that most of these issues then try to unlock their relationship, make men understand. Okay, so we had a whole bunch of things here. They still got stuff here. Five different ways to show love and improve your relationship. What are the five love languages? All right, Dr. Gary Chapman wrote the book. He was a marriage counselor. All right, what are words of affirmation here? We'll go through it, and then we're going to find out how it made men simp. How was it? It was a psyops. Words of affirmation. When words of, and women overwhelmingly wrote, read, let me start over. Women overwhelmingly read this book, and if you wanted to have a good conversation about dating, when you were on a date, if you read the five love languages, you can start a great conversation, right? And so she'll ask, do you know what your love language is? And you're like, what? You don't know what it is? She might say, well, I can't have a conversation. She might introduce it to you. You might think it's crazy. If you read the book, you can jump right into what the love languages are. Now, there's going to be an important thing for men, which makes it, I, I can't give it away. All right, words of affirmation. When words of affirmation is your love language, words build you up. You thrive on spoken affection, praise, encouragement, and compliments. Harsh words and criticism 
can bother you for a long time. That is words of affirmation. So not just the good words, but the bad words. Number two, acts of service. Anything that your partner partner does willingly to ease your workload is a sign of love to you. So when you hear the women say you don't help around the house, you feel cared for when your partner vacuums before you get to it or makes you breakfast as a surprise. On the other hand, broken promises and laziness can make you feel unimportant. Okay, so it'll be like um, you don't send me good morning texts. You don't send me good morning texts, and you didn't send me good morning texts. You're lazy. You don't care. All right, if you send the text, I'll be a happy gal. Receiving gifts. When you speak this language, a thoughtful gift shows you that you are special. In contrast, generic gifts or forgotten special events have the opposite effect. Oh, you didn't do this for Valentine's Day. You got me a, you know, a treadmill for my birthday. You forgot my birthday. You forgot our anniversary, you see? And it says right here, this love language isn't necessarily materialistic. False. It can be as simple as receiving your favorite snack after a bad day. Now, that's false. Because that's not what women say. Quality time to you. Nothing says your love like undivided attention. When your partner is truly present and not looking at their phone, not checking their email, not watching a football game, when they're present, they're looking into your eyes. It makes you feel important. Failure to actively listen or, or long periods without one-on-one time can make you feel unloved. Okay, last one, physical touch. Here we go. Holding hands, kisses, hugs, and other touches are your preferred way to show and receive love. Really? Holding hands, kissing? You mean bending over and grabbing them ankles? I'll, I'm getting ahead of myself. Appropriate touches convey warmth and safety, while physical neglect can drive a wedge between you and your partner. Jesus. All right, so as you can see, most of those things, not many men are high on, right? We are not trying to think about this, but as you can see, most of these things are going to cater to women. So women are very much open to, hey, I understand this. And if you're a guy, you can get a woman to believe that you're somebody if you can understand that. And she might say, well, my love language is words of affirmation. You see what I mean? Now, let me play a video where people are going to uh, uh, play. Let's see here. Where is it at? Here it is right here. I'm going to have to play it, uh, reset it because it's a short video. It says, when a physical touch boyfriend gets an acts of service girlfriend. When a physical touch boyfriend gets an act of service girlfriend. What is this? Give me a hug. Give me a hug. I need this. Come on, please. Give me, what is this? Give me a hug. Give me a hug. I need this. Come on, please. Give me. Now, what is the obvious blind spot to the five love languages? And people are saying that already. The obvious blind spot is number one, if you ask men, and you can look up this data, most men who answer the five love languages would say physical touch. It's obvious, even so obvious 
that if you have a conversation on a date with a woman or in, in your marriage and she says, well, I read this wonderful book. I want you to read it and figure out what your love language is. If you as a man come back and say, I think physical touch is my preferred language. What they would do is they would roll their eyes. Of course. Oh, God, you're such a man. So they would they would they would um they would give you a negative for wanting physical touch. <laughs> you're not a good guy. You're not in the relationship. You're not in you're not you're not plugged into the relationship if physical touch is your thing. Why? Because then she would have to do it. Instead of women saying, "Oh, okay, I understand who you are. Remember, this book was to make people understand each other." Instead of the woman saying, okay, I thought so, I'll meet you there. They don't do it. They guilt you for wanting physical touch. Or then they say, what kind of physical touch? Like, what, what, what do you want me to do? You want me to touch? We can hold hands? We can cuddle? Nah. We doing more than cuddling as demonstrated in this video right here. He's not only cuddling. He's dragging her back to the bedroom like a barbarian. And what's happening? She's fighting his love language. As you can see, the psyops is this is disingenuous from the beginning. Because the woman even knows he likes physical touch. And guess what? Her need still trumps his need because she doesn't respect that his need is physical touch. You're just a caveman. You just want to hit it. You just want to touch on me. Nope, not until... You then give me my acts of services. You still got to do my acts of services before I physically touch you. Indeed, it is weaponizing your love language against you. So your weapon. So now it, it, it kind of is a situation. Okay, so your physical touch. So in order for me to touch you, you're going to have to boom. Tell me I'm nice. Boom, you're going to have to uh, do something for me. You have to cook breakfast, surprise me, mow the lawn. Let's just say she's acts of service. You don't mow the lawn. How many times did I tell you to mow the lawn? You don't get a physical touch. You see how it is messed up? And this is how people weaponize it against men. We do have a woman that's going to review it here. And her video is a two and a half minutes long here. She does make a little bit of sense, but she does a little psycho woman babble. Uh, here, let me go ahead and. Oh, it's loading up. Let me see if I can refresh it. She is doing some psycho. We call it whole babble. Maybe my internet is out. All right, maybe my internet is out. My internet been struggling. Okay. All right, it doesn't want to do it. He said acts of slavery. All right, it doesn't want to refresh. All right, hold on for a second. Let me see if I can get... Okay, here it is. Let me see. Oh. Finally, finally people are starting to figure out that the love languages theory is trash. Um, scientists are finally talking about it. Like it has no scientific basis, but I remember the first time I heard about it, I knew something was like off with it. Like it just never felt right to me. Like something was like off and it took me a while, but like sometime in like 2018, I was like, I know why this bothers me. And I, I wrote a tweet and it was like, I was like, this is in 2018. This is my tweet. I finally figured out what it is that I didn't like about the love languages theory. It advocates for incompatible people to stay together. If you don't speak the same love language, that means you're incompatible. There's really no need to stay together at that point. All right, and so that is a actually a good point because I've been saying men and women are compatible. 
But then what it is, is we're going to force compatibility by understanding what these love languages are. So she says, I like gift giving, but also gift receiving is part of it as well. I mean, uh, gift, uh, sorry, she likes gift receiving, but gift giving is a part of it. Most women who say gift giving are going to be labeled a gold digger. Oh, you just want, you just want me to buy you stuff. It's a thing. But in your relationship, you often have to proceed with, okay, in order for me to be compatible with you, I'm going to have to buy you stuff, even though I can't afford it, even though you're going to judge me, and that's how I'm going to get pooned. We're forcing compatibility with this love language. And this is the same thing the scientists are saying. They are talking about it now. They're saying there's no scientific basis for the love languages theory that most people like have all the... What are the five main love languages? Um, and they even say, and others have suggested, and in some situations, love language thinking can do harm, encouraging adherents to stay in difficult or even abusive relationships. So they're saying the same thing that I was saying in 2018, that this theory, pushing people to stay together or figure out their love language, which everyone pretty much has the same kind of thing, like everybody everybody they even talk about you know when they ask researchers ask study participants to rate the love languages on a continuous five-point scale they consistently find that people tend to rate all five languages very highly indicating that most people connect with most or all five love languages well um just to be fair in the book it does suggest that it does suggest that you might have multiple love languages meaning that you're not just going to have one you might have two or you might have two or three. So, yeah, these are all common things. Of course, you want your partner to say good things, partner. You want them to do things for you. But, of course, if you were ranking one, then you would go with what is the primary. Most men, 90% are going to say physical touch. She's taking it to the level of abuse. Staying in abusive relationships to co be compatible. So, again, there was nothing. There's no real basis for this theory and i've been saying it for years and i wish people would listen but you know i'm just a woman so what do i know um but yeah it's trash everybody pretty much wants to be loved and encouraged and giving gifts and all those things so again it's not real it's just a way to sell books and he sold a lot of books the, the guy that came up with this sold a lot of books but to think that somebody has to learn your particular love language or you have to learn theirs to to be in a relationship it's just struggle love like yeah struggle love um it's just struggle love yeah of course they're gonna call her yep she's she she's just older right she's older so she don't want to put up with this she probably tried it and it didn't work in her marriage and relationship and she probably said i'm not touching your peen and that was the end of it so she said it's better off to leave you than to try to be compatible that's the position she's coming from i'd rather not stay if you are struggling to try to stay with your mate it probably is a relationship you should leave. Anyway, been saying it for years, but now there's proof. And I have the article linked in my blog if you want to read. Nah, we ain't reading all that. We ain't reading all that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, for me, for my position is men who engage in this conversation or try to put. Let me just say this. Men who try to put this into practice, you're going to realize that it's going to be weaponized against you. If you want to read it and understand it for the normie chick that is going to have this conversation with you, 
then great. But this is going to be a normie conversation. I don't think it's going to get you to understand who the person is. It's going to understand what they're prioritizing. But really, if I say, okay, if your love language is gift, gift, gift receiving, then all I'm going to do is buy you gifts. Just an example. I'm not going to give you words of affirmation. I'm not going to do these things. Well, obviously, that's not going to be the case. Then they can just quickly pivot. Well, I like a little bit of quality time. What is, what is quality time? Us just sitting here together. I don't like quality time. However, men can have quality time because I think that's the second most common choice, which is quality time if they feel that their woman is pulling away, if they feel like their woman is like independent. So then he'll say, well, quality time's important first, then physical touch. So all it's going to do is just get people to pivot. Well, I also like, also like acts of service as well. And it's just going to create a situation where you're chasing your tail. That's all I think. It's all, yeah, five manipulation tactics. Because if I already know what you want, then I'm just manipulating you on that end. Do it. Do it in practice and theory and then move on. But it's supposed to be done genuinely. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. The five love languages. Last point on it. How love languages can improve your relationship. I won't show it on the screen. But it says most of us have one or two preferred love languages, often different than our significant others. If you express your love through your preferred love language, the chances are that it goes unnoticed by your partner. <laughs> okay. Say, uh, say that your love language is gifts and you often surprise your partner with thoughtful gifts. How does it make you feel when uh, they just have a quick look at your thoughtful present. Okay. Okay. All right. Interesting. All right. So their love language is gifts. Or your love language is gifts. Oh, that happens. Okay. So that's, I'm telling you, this stuff is geared to women. Say that your love language is gifts and you often surprise your partner with thoughtful gifts. You give them gifts. How does it make you feel when they just have a quick look at your thoughtful presence? Um, just so you can see, let's say you're good at gifts. You want people to give you gifts. You will find that people that want gifts, they give gifts. Whew. So what will happen is in order for them to receive a gift, they want to give a lot of gifts. So they'll give you a gift anticipating a big gift back. Tip for tat, quid pro quo, transactional. So they spend all this time giving gifts in order to give gifts back, get gifts back. So when they give you a gift, they think you're going to be excited about their gift. This actually happens. So when they give you something, they'd be like, oh, wow, look, look, I put up these balloons and look what I did. And I bought you this and it was thoughtful. And look, unwrap it now, unwrap it in front of me. And you're like, I don't want to unwrap it. No, unwrap it in front of me. And you're like, I don't want to unwrap it because you really don't give a fuck. You're like, whatever. All right, you know they ain't get you nothing good. They didn't spit. They didn't break the bank. So you're like, okay, I'll unwrap it now. That's manipulation at that point because they're not being genuine. They're only doing it to get something back, right? Follow me. That's what they're saying there. So then when I open the gift and I be like, oh, thank you. And I give you a hug because gifts don't mean shit to me. Well, they're going to feel bad. They're going to be like, you didn't like my gift? Have you ever been with a woman and they keep 
asking you, did you use your gift? Did you wear your sweater? Did you put your socks on? Did you shave with your razor? And you're like. (laughs) (laughs) Then what do they do? Okay, my turn. Where's my gift? And if your gift isn't thoughtful, isn't rap good. Oh, look at what you did. You didn't even rap it good. Damn, did you even put some time? Did you even put some thought? Oh, my goodness. Where's the card? Where's the lanyard? (laughs) Guys, this is what people do in relationships. You're like, where's the lanyard? Why? You didn't even try. So guess what happens? They open the gift, and the gift is subpar compared to your gift. Guess what's about to happen? They about to be mad, and she's not going to touch your peen. (laughs) She's not going to touch your peen anymore. (laughs) all right to me this is all goofy normie shit and that's what they're saying right here meanwhile your partner hardly values gifts but appreciates acts of services it would mean the world the world to them is you doing chores around the house instead of buying gifts is your partner feeling love learning to speak your partner's preferred love languages uh, can drastically strengthen your relationship it can temporarily you can do the, okay, I ain't, we ain't doing no free love language website, but they have a website and little games and little cards and little things that you can play. All right, can we play the, let's, can we play the quality time game? All right, play, you get a card. Oh my God. Okay, what are you thinking? Anyway, let me get to these super chats here. This is going to be a short show. We got everybody, man. Shout out to Zoe, man. Zoe, Zoe, man, or Zoe, man. Standing up for the Haitians. Oh, what about the Fugees? The Fugees. Yep, Lauren Hill. Wasn't she a Fuji? She was a Fuji La. Fuji La La La. I think they were Carrie Bean. They were Haitian, right? No? Yeah, hip hop. The one that tripped me out was Shine. Remember Shine? He was the one busting bussing caps for Diddy, allegedly. When Diddy bust caps allegedly in the club. Who remember Shine? And they deported his ass back to Belize. (laughs) Shout out to Shine. All right. And so I'm tripping, right? Yeah, Black Eyed Peas too. I'm tripping, right? So I I found Shine on the internet. I was like, oh, there's Shine right there. He got out of the pen. And they was interviewing him in jail. And he was like, you know, word is bond. He was like, you know, George W. Bush. And you know what I mean? And Shine was sounding like uh, $2 Biggie Smalls. (laughs) Shine Poe. Watch how I pronounce this shit. G's up, hoes down. Why you motherfuckers bounce to this? So I'm chilling watching Shine. I'm like, yo, they let Shine out. You want me to show you Shine now? <laughs> All right, anyway, let me pull him up. All right, it, let me see if I can pull him up. Uh, let me see here. And I'm not trying to diss, but uh, let's pull him up. Let's pull him up. I'm going to do the contrast. I'm going to do the contrast. He, he living better. Why they don't like me? Because I don't want power for myself. I have done well in life. They call me a husband. The people from Walt Disney, the people from Universal Records don't believe so. They've invested millions of dollars in me because of my talent and my ability. You. All right. Now, I'm like, 
<laughs> Shout out to him. He's the president of Belize, by the way. He watches my show. Shout out to Shine Poe. But uh, I listened to your albums, bro. <laughs> I was watching you. I was watching your rap career. Wouldn't this be code switching? Wouldn't this be code switching? Let me see here. Like people who talk about blacks that 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 uh blacks that talk white, isn't this the version of that? Hold on for a second. Let me see if I can pull it up here. I'm gonna get a copyright. All right, this the same dude right here. Now tell me who wanna fuck with us Ashes to ashes, dust to dust I bang and let your fucking brains hang Snitches, fuck all the maple bitches with riches Who carry 22s up in they hosiery Wait a minute Who are you? Alright, let me go back Let me go back Let's go back So my leadership Is not about me my leadership is making sure every Belizean has the opportunities that I have been blessed to have in life. And that's why they don't like me. All right. So, again, here's, the, here's what we're talking about. If you say a person talks white, he said he lived there for the last 10 years. Uh, Ninja, I lived in the suburbs the last 10 years. Does this mean I talk white? I adopted a white accent. I adopted my white culture. I adopted my white girls. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. And I get it. Hip-hop is a giant act. It's an act. Like, they're acting. But what we were talking about, he, he straight up mimicked. He straight up mimicked the hip-hop culture. And made his money. Well, and he got, he got arrested and whatnot. And then went back, and he's the president. So there it is right there. Shout, shout out the shine. In the trunk for weeks. What type of nigga fly that me cool? Aim for the sky, cop the shit, then shoot. All right. Because I don't want power. There you go. All right. Shout out to shine, brother. His hairline is looking good. He looking like a $2 Barack Obama, too. He looking like a $2 Barack Obama. Uh, but he did serve 10 years in the pokey. He did serve two years and 10 years in the pokey. All right, I'm going to get a copyright, but uh, shout out to Shine. He says he's Belizean born. What are you talking about? See, ninjas don't listen. <laughs> ninjas don't listen. Look, I'm triggering you. Ninjas don't listen, do you? You don't listen. I just said that I just said he was born there. He was Caribbean. You ninjas don't listen. I swear to God. Did you come in like just say you came in late to the show and you missed the segment instead of arguing with me? You so dumb. No listening skills, ass ninja. Just say you came in late and then try to understand the context. Rewind the video. I just talked about it. Just say you came in late. <laughs> ninjas, ninjas, y'all stay dumb. That's why. That's why I be on y'all next because y'all dumb. All right. Anyway, <laughs> arguing for no reason. Stop being dumb. And sitting in the back of the class, all right, jerking your chicken, pause, and listen. Just listen. And I'll let you know. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Clown ninjas. Anyway, just listen. I'm teaching. Shout out to our brother Jacob says, any future broad I mess with 
Love language gotta be including dropping that neck. It's barbecue in there. <laughs> All right, shout out to you. You big dummy. Dummies out here. Yeah, I had to silence. I'm going to get this nigga. Silence, you fool. Silence, you fool. Clowns. And I do dudes be coming in late and then wanting to make statements. Just sit in the back of the class. Uh, but shout out to him. I'm not dissing him in any way. That was not a diss. It was just an e- example of what we were talking about. Uh, let's see here. Let me get these one, two, three brothers here. I did shine dirty. I did them dirty. All right. But uh, it was an example. It's an example. Guys, you will also mature and change, which, which means in effect, don't be afraid to change. You don't always have to be a thug, 40, 50-year-old guy. Like Shine figured it out. You know, he served his time. He got deported. He's down there, president of Belize. He's not a thug anymore. He's not perpetrating or he's not portraying himself as a thug. It is what it is. All right, shout out to Miles says, human beings and our tribalism will never change, but there is one thing we can acknowledge about all racist men, no matter what color or culture, and that is their Johnsons aren't racist. Nobody has a racist Johnson. Pause. Nobody. Everybody might not like a person, but if there's a woman there of another race, they gonna dip that. Never mind. Shout out. Did I get that? I got one more. (laughs) Right. We all human beings when it comes to sex. So that is true. Caitlin says denying a man who has the ability has to take on the responsibility of caring for a woman and living with her and living with her sex will sex while still demanding that he never cheat is abusive. Shout out to you. And I messed it up. Give me a comma in there. Give me a comma. I just need a little bit of comma. (laughs) Yep. Nobody out here got a racist sexual appetite. In fact, some people might be racist because they actually have an attraction to people of other races. Now, that is a whole nother conversation, right? And you trying to hide it, right? Like a lot of people be like, I can't stand those pink toes, but you be out there looking. A lot of white dudes, I, I can't stand Negro because you got an affection. You like, you want a black woman. <laughs> you want a black woman. All right, anyway, you want a right, you want one. A lot of pro-black dudes, they want a white girl. They can't, get, they can't get the ones like they see on TV. So they mad. Like every day. Uh, you know what's a dead giveaway? You know what's a dead giveaway of a person that I know likes b- white girls? Is when they jump on the internet, there ain't nothing more beautiful than a black woman. Now, why do you got to say that? Why does that need to be stated? The black woman is the most beautiful woman in the world. Now, I don't hear other races of people saying that. I think there's something to it because of beauty standards. So they have to jump above and go above and beyond. I don't hear Mexican people be like, I don't hear Mexican dudes like, there ain't nothing like a Mexican woman. I never hear it. <laughs> I don't hear Asian men. Woo, wait, Asian women. My queens, there ain't nothing more beautiful than an Asian woman. I never hear that. Like, I never hear it. It never comes out of their mouth. But what happens is, why you going above and beyond? Why you got to be like, ain't nothing?
nothing more beautiful than a sister. Like, to me, that's like, I'm like, that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they coping. I'm like, you really want you a white girl, don't you? You fight it every day. Every day you waking up. Every day you waking up and you just resisting the temptations. I can't help myself. You gots to have one. You every day you struggling. You just sweating bullets like I don't want no white girl. So I'm going to get up in the day. All right. They're black and a berry, the sweet of the juice. All right. <laughs> yep. He want him a pog. He want him a pog. All right. The defense guilt. Yeah, that that there. Yeah, that thou do thou dost protest a little too much. You're, you're protesting way too much is written all over your face. He won him a Ling Ling. He won him a Mexican. <laughs> all right, anyway. He's starving, but he's like, oh. He got to go above and beyond, and the sisters be eating it up, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, to me, a dead giveaway that you want something. You, you want to put, put hands on some gorditas or something. <laughs> he says, it is sweet, though. It's a lie. It's a damn lie. Ain't no, <laughs> ain't no way that that's true. Shout out to uh, Macaroni Tony. You cooked yet again. You give up so much food for thought. My goodness. That's all I want you to do. You don't have to agree with me. I just want you to think a little bit. It's a lie. All right. It's a lie. It's a cope. It's them struggling. I never have a mayonnaise. I never put mayonnaise on my sandwich. I don't know what a man seeing a woman that looked like mayonnaise missed six o'clock straight up, straight down, iron up or a backside. <laughs> like they going overboard. I'm like, man, it don't take all that, bro. It don't just just have you one, just get you one, get it out your system. Get it out your system, man, and see if you really like it. You might like it, you might not. All right, but uh anyway. We dumb, man. Shout out to the coach gang. Oh, Reg, uh, Schedule P says, Shine, Shine rapping in a fake New York accent is like me rapping in a fake British accent, bruv. 100%. 100%. So was that his real? Well, it's obviously it wasn't his real accent, but he did work it. I, I liked the brother. I did do it. Anyway, shout out to the coach gang. We out. Peace. <laughs>